isn't it? If I'm crying, what'd I do? Did I do something? You didn't do nothing. What is it? I have something I gotta tell you. I didn't just happen to be at that theater. I was paid to be there. But you were paid to be there? What are you? Theater checker? You get paid to check up on the uh, box office girls, make sure they're not ripping the place off. I'm not a theater checker. I'm a call girl. You're a whore? No, I'm a call girl, and there's a difference, you know. Okay, here it goes. You know the place you took me to last night? The place you work? Yours for sale? You got a boss, right? Yeah. Okay, what's his name? Lance. That's him. He called the place where I work. He ordered a girl for you. He said he wanted you to get laid. See, you didn't get out much, and it was your birthday and all. He wanted me to act like I just showed up. Now, how did he know you were going to be at that theater? Uh, well, I, I go to the movies every year on my birthday. In fact, he called me up this week to find out what my birthday movie was going to be. You're not mad? Oh, man. can't tell you. That was one of the best times I ever had. It was. You know, I knew something must be rotten in Denmark. There was no way you could like me that much. Man, I can't tell you how relieved I was when you took off your dress. You, you didn't have a dick. Stop being so fucking calm about all this. Go look in your house. There's a note on your TV, and all it says is Dear Clarence, because I couldn't run anymore. So I just said, Alabama, come clean. And just tell him what's what. And if he tells you to go back to Drexel and fuck yourself, then go back to Drexel and fuck yourself. Drexel? What's what's a Drexel? Please shut up. I'm trying to come clean, okay? I've been a call girl for exactly four days, and you're my third customer. I want you to know that I'm not damaged good. I'm not what they call in Florida white trash. I'm a really good person. And when it comes to relationships, I'm 100%. I'm 100% monogamous. You stay with one guy? Exactly. So I'm with you, and I'm with you, and I don't want anybody else. Now, I gotta tell you something else. When you said last night was one of the best times you ever had, did you mean physically? Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the whole night. I mean, I... I never had as much fun with the girl as I had with you my whole life. It's true. I, you like Elvis. You like you like Janice. You like uh, kung fu movies. You like the Partridge Family. <laughs> Actually, I don't like the Partridge Family. That was part of the act. And I feel really goofy saying this after only knowing you one night. Me being a call girl and all. But I think I love you. Wait a second. Look, I've been trying to keep this whole thing in perspective. You just said you love me. Now, if I say I love you and just throw caution in the wind and let the chips fall where they may, you're lying to me, I'm gonna fucking die. I'm not lying to you. And I swear from this moment forth, I'll never lie to you again.
I'm Steven. I'm John. That lovely intro music right there was done by Gregory Bird. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, uh, today is his birthday, isn't it? Today is his birthday. Ah, okay. Happy birthday, bro. Um, and if you guys liked his little intro, he's a great musician, and he's still working on maybe the title of a solo band, if it's not Greg B. 5000. <laughs> um, he's also working on maybe the Smashing Zucchinis and uh, White Boy Day. Well, yeah. <laughs> Steve, is it White Boy Day? <laughs> it's White Boy Day. It must be White Boy Day. Because we're talking about true it's romance. Because <laughs> we're talking about true romance today. And uh, the Illuminati apparently didn't want us to do our original version of this. Because we recorded this before Valentine's Day. And we had technical issues and couldn't use the episode. We couldn't. The Illuminati sent the lizard people. They tried to abduct us, you know, skin us, and make this show a little bit more PG for you sheep out there, Rotten Tomatoes fans. They were going to have us working for Rotten Tomatoes. Well, we killed those lizard fucks. Yeah. And now we just have to save Metallica. Right. That's our mission in life, to get those lizards out of the Metallica band. Yeah. Try to find the actual Metallica. But yeah, find where the hell they put Hetfield. And we don't really care where they put Lars. But we need to find out where they put Hetfield, at least. I think least. Lars was a lizard the whole time. Yeah, he probably was. People just thought he was from Denmark. He's really just a lizard person. But sure uh, he's not from Finland, because that place doesn't exist. Right, yeah. Yeah, if you if you believe any of the conspiracy theory idiots. But we're not here for that. We're here for true romance. And one of the reasons that we're we're doing this because you know, this is uh, you know, cuz February is really about two things. It's about love and it's about Black History Month. Right. And we have some Black History stuff coming up, which basically is Wesley Snipes. It's Wesley Snipes. <laughs> By the way, just for some Black History Month props, props to the epic Black Panther movie. Yeah, while we're on the subject, because this show is about, you know, finding things that you love, right? Uh, Black Panther was amazing. And for anybody who wants to be racist and, you know, talk about, like, all the African elements in that movie and all this kind of stuff and why is it a predominantly black cast and all these sorts of things, if you feel that way, go fuck yourself. Because it's an awesome movie. Chadwick Boseman is great as T'Challa. Michael B. Jordan's probably one of the best villains. Yeah, he just set a standard for villains. Now the yeah. only thing I'm afraid of with Black Panther 2 is who is going to beat that? Who's going to top that? So I'm putting my name in the hat right now. Wesley Snipes, they're going to call you, man. They're going to call you, and you're going to be the next villain. <laughs> right. But uh, but Wesley is going to be a different time right now. We're doing <laughs> True Romance, partially because we love Quentin Tarantino. And there is a black guy in this movie. It's Samuel Jackson. He gets shot at the very first time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because when you think about it, there's really like almost no black people in this movie. No, there isn't. Drexel's goons are ba- are black, but you know, like Drexel thinks he's black. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the the thing about uh, this movie in particular is that you know it's it's basically it's like one of. It's one of the lost Tarantino movies because he didn't direct this one, but Tarantino wrote it. And when you watch this, you think, oh, man, like my thought was is like Tony Scott does a great job with this with this movie. He does a very good job with this. 
But I think everything would have been maybe ramped up just a little bit more had Tarantino done this. And I also think there would have been, like, I wanted to hear what the soundtrack would have been had Tarantino picked it. Oh, it would have been pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, you you heard that, which I, I like the background music for... Um... This movie, that that little I don't I don't know who did it, but it's that that little tune that plays, yeah, that little that, that little tune because you hear it basically when um, Alabama and Clarence are like because you guys hear the clip at the beginning we we played it to start the show, um, and like when they kind of first start you know kind of like getting together really on the rooftop is when you start hearing that little I, I don't know if it's like a, it's like a it's like calypso music. It's like some kind of a weird tropical music, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is. It is it kind is. of tropical sounding, but that's kind of like Clarence and Alabama's like theme because it plays throughout the whole movie. Yeah. You know. But I could almost guarantee you that that's not the song that it would have been if it was um, Tarantino. It probably would have been some kind of surf music, right? Yeah, I mean, this was kind of like uh, Bonnie and Clyde's type thing i mean yeah and then you know this this script was written it was a it was a huge script it was like uh four five hundred pages and uh (laughs) because didn't tarantino end up taking bits of this what was it natural born killers that he was natural born yeah part of it was this and the other part was natural born killers which is two different stories yeah because when you think about it it's like and some people, you know, when I was reading through hate comments, were like, oh, this is like Natural Born Killers, but this actually came out first. And I think the only reason why people compare them together is because it's like, kind of like, you know, two people that sort of find each other. But in, in Mickey and Mallory's case, they were serial killers. Clarence and Alabama are not serial killers. I mean, Clarence works in a comic book store. And Alabama's basically just some young girl from Florida that kind of got mixed into the wrong crowd in Detroit. Now, the Natural Born Killers are more like the uh, Ken and Barbie murderers, or the serial killers. The Ken, they call them the Ken and Barbie. Oh, okay. Serial killers. They, I think I heard of, of that, but I don't they're remember. They're kind of more like that, um, where they just killed together, basically. Yeah. They're both psychotic. Um, yeah, if you ever watched Natural Born Killers, that Mickey and Mallory are psychotic in that movie. Great movie, Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis. I mean, that's yeah. And I, th- I think it's one of those things. I think I think Woody Harrelson can be almost any type of actor. Like he's kind of like a chameleon. Yeah, you know? it seems like he's going to come save Han Solo. Yeah. So. Oh God, the hope, Han Solo movie. Let's hope for that. Let's hope Woody let's Harrelson... Keep, let's keep our minds open. Let's hope for the best. Guy doesn't look or act anything like Harrison Ford, but let's see what he can do. Yeah. And they, it, they kept saying, oh, he kind of looks like him. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't look like him. I mean, maybe if you if you have a, a visual problem, maybe he does a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if you, but, you get in certain angles, you know, you might see a little bit, like if you angle the camera right, but camera angles making someone look like that at angles isn't looking like no. Well, and I, it, you know, because we're we're not here to talk about the Han Solo movie because we we don't we don't like to pass judgment until we've actually seen it. But I think in order for this to work, it really, it I think it has to depend on how they do Lando, and I'm pretty sure Donald Glover is gonna just knock Lando out of the park 
Because he, he looks like Lando. He seems like he's got this swagger like and, Lando. And whoever the fuck Amelia Clark's character is, she's going to nail it. Yeah. She's great. I mean, if you have Woody Harrelson in your movie and Amelia Clark, you at least have the core to be good. Yeah, you know? he doesn't even... Han Solo himself doesn't necessarily have to be great. They put a bunch of good people... This isn't the Han Solo podcast. We're off topic. Let's get we're, into true romance. We're off topic pretty big here. <laughs> but, uh, but true romance, I think... Especially because uh, you know, this is kind of like uh, even though we're 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 sort of doing this a second time because this was supposed to be our Valentine's Day <laughs> uh, episode and that didn't really work out so much. But this is still basically like this is like probably this is the only movie we've done that actually has a love story really at it says its central heart, isn't it? This is yes, the only yes, one we've done. Is, this, I mean, this is a love story. It's a very violent love story. It's a very it violent, one. vulgar love story. But at the heart of it is Clarence in Alabama. And I think, you know, I was like thinking, because when I was watching this back to kind of, you know, refresh my memory of like, you know, the lines and some of the scenes in this movie. Um, I, one of the things I kept thinking is, is that this is almost like the perfect Valentine's Day or, you know, Valentine's time episode to do because uh, I think, uh, to a degree, aren't we all Clarence and we're just trying to find our Alabama? We are. Like, to a degree. Like, it's kind of weird how that is because Romeo needs his Juliet, right? Well, Juliet in Clarence's case is Alabama because that's, that's the almost like the perfect girl and she just kind of like you know, just sort of randomly showed up and dumped popcorn on them and then look at all the shit they get into through the rest of that movie. Yeah, they go through literal hell. They go through hell in that movie, um, especially Alabama. I mean, you know. And we, you couldn't have picked a better actress than Patricia Arquette. And Uma Thurman was considered for this role. Uh, Drew Barrymore was actually the first choice. And I just, I can't see that. No, I can't I either. don't think some of these scenes would have been shot if Drew Barrymore was actually cast. Right. I think it would have turned into more of like maybe a rom-com if she was casted. Because I don't even think Tony Scott would have done this. No. Rest in peace, Tony Scott. Yeah, rest in peace, Tony Scott. There Actually, there's quite a few rest in peace on this movie. Yes. You got Dennis Hopper. He's not with us anymore. He's not. We also have Chris Penn. Chris Penn. He's not here. Nice guy, Eddie. Yeah, nice guy, Eddie. (laughs) Nice guy, Eddie. Um, We're missing some people. I know. Um, well, Tony Tony Scott. Tony Scott. Obviously. Yeah, he's not with us anymore. Um, see, that's already four people. Uh, Gandolfini. Yeah, James Gandolfini's not with us anymore. Nope. Um, um, it's all these names are great. Um, Chris Penn definitely tragic, and it's just he he's so good in the movie. Um, all the scenes I think with Chris Penn and Tom Sizemore are just magic as the, uh, the the cops <laughs> they're they're great i mean they failed not making a buddy cop movie with those two like right after that yeah they're like well you know we know happy ending for clarence and all that but let's make a movie about well, i know they die but you can make the prequel i know they die in this movie. yeah before a true romance mm-hmm. you could have those two guys on kind of like a a separate sort of a prequel adventure mm-hmm. to true romance but uh, yeah, because uh, uh, which pen do you think is the better pen, Chris <laughs> that's not, or Sean? That's not even a question. Chris all day <laughs> took the wrong brother. 
No, I mean, I'm just kidding, Sean Penn. You we're just it. kidding, Sean Penn. We like you. Yeah, yeah. We, I will we, say. We, we don't want you to die. Yeah. If we made a list of brothers that should die instead of their other brothers, I think the only conversation we might legit have is a Belushi conversation. <laughs> the Belushis? <laughs> but we don't want Jim to die either. We'd rather have both of them, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't want anybody to die. We don't condone any of that. This Everyone is the this is the consecutive Except, second consecutive podcast we've talked about the Belushis, <laughs> and we might always talk about the Belushis. Deal with it, right? Um, but uh, no, Sean Penn. Like, if you ever watch the movie Milk, like he he's awesome in that movie as uh, Harvey Milk. You know, Harvey Milk, the first uh, gay mayor, basically. You think he'll ever play Harvey Weinstein in a movie? Oh, God, no. No, he wouldn't. I don't think anybody wants to be that creepy in a movie. I think Sean Penn would legit beat the shit out of Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. The the Pens were known for their violence. <laughs> they were just violent people. Right. I mean, that's one of the reasons I think Chris works so well in Tarantino's scripts. Yeah, he would legit just kick your Cause ass. Because he was awesome in Reservoir Dogs as Nice Guy Eddie, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's, that's one of the things I think about this movie is like, when you know that this is written by Tarantino, it definitely does feel like a, like a Tarantino movie. Definitely. Uh, but, uh, when you get into the comments and there's some people in here that aren't very kind to Mr. Quentin and I know that, uh, of the director's that you like Tarantino's probably one of your favorites if not your favorite yes he, he's definitely he's definitely probably my favorite and um we, we I just want to address the Uma Thurman thing real quick before we get into it you need to do your research about it you know she names who to blame and Tarantino's not one of them he you know you have to do your own research on that but the if you read it, you realize he's not the bad guy there. And this is referring to the Kill Bill... The car crash. The ki- crash when they were filming Kill Bill, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, that's... Uh, it's not Tarantino's fault. There's trust loss there. It's being gained back now because he's doing what's right. He didn't do anything wrong with that to begin with, except, you know, making her do it and she was uncomfortable. But that's really a part of acting... You know, she had to do that scene in the car driving because the hair had to blow and it, the shot it was directly on her face. Right. So no one else could have done it. You can't stunt work Uma Thurman's face. <laughs> yeah, so she she had to she had to be in that car. That's the money maker. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> it makes a lot of money too. Yes. And before we got to the reviews, I just want to say like uh, the beer that we taste tested for this show, show was called Summer Love. We gave it a one star because it's, it's, it's drink- drinkable. It's drinkable, but it's not very only, enjoyable. Only if you hate yourself. You're so right. the, the title is misleading. It should be called "Summer I Hate Myself." Yes, <laughs> summer hate instead of summer <laughs> love. But uh, yeah, because like some sometimes there's some beers you drink where you're just you. You're just like, ah, eh, really? I mean, honestly, I I think I wasted my time drinking this. Because a lot of beers taste very similar because they're made somewhat the same way. Mm-hmm. And, like, I've tasted other beers that were like that 
So I'm like, I don't get, you didn't do anything unique with that beer. Yeah, it's just bitter, and it's just like, you it, know. It's aftertaste. I'm really trying to give them a better name, like Summer. Uh, I'm underage, but I can't buy beer, and this creepy guy gave me this. Yeah. So I'll drink it. That's a little bit too large to fit on a label, though, isn't <laughs> and they it? They can fit it in. <laughs> yeah. Just call it, like, um, I don't know, uh, dick flavored beer. Yeah. <laughs> che- Jimmy dick. the Dick Man Ale. Jimmy the Dick Man Ale. There we go. Yeah. We found the name of your beer. Right. We have standards here. It's from the Dick Man Ale to Mississippi Kiln. Right. That's the standard because that's the best beer I've ever drank. Well, when we get to our episode about Blade, we're going to have Kentucky Bourbon Barrel. I've never drank it. He has. I had so one let's... bottle of it, and I wanted to bathe in it. It was it was fucking magical. <laughs> so we're excited for that. Yeah. Not only just because it's Blade, and we get to talk about fucking Blade versus Deacon Frost. Frost? No, I gotta save that. We gotta save that. I gotta save it. We gotta save that for Wesley. Wesley deserves all of our attention. Uh, but... Back to True Romance. The hate comments on this are kind of all over the place. But hate, 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 hate. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that gets me, though, is people will hate on a movie. And you see this first comment right here? Okay, that's what, uh, two, three, four, four paragraphs. They wrote basically the beginning of an essay talking about how much they wanted to give this movie a two out of ten. And I'm like... <laughs> For something that you hate, you spent a lot of time going through here and, like, basically explaining the plot. I don't understand. I still, to this day, do not understand why people take this much time to talk shit about a movie that they didn't like. Right. I mean, this guy fucking wrote his thesis on this shit. Yeah, this was basically his thesis for college right here. Uh, But this was written by Daniel R. Baker... And this is from February of 2000. So this is what, uh, like, what six years after the movie came out? Right. This movie was 94. Was yes. it 94? Yes, yeah. it was 94. Um, so he gave it a 2 out of 10. And he put sleazy, mindless trash. And <laughs> so the first word that he, that he writes here, I was trying to figure out what exactly he meant. And then eventually I think I figured it out. Tarantinola tree. <laughs> so, what, what do you think Tarantinola tree is? He's trying to say Tola tree. Like, Tarantino's, like, or maybe Tarantino, like, worshipping Tarantino. Like, idolatry. Like, idolatry. So, yeah. he's like, you fucking Tarantino worshippers. He tried to come up with a word and failed. That's what happened. Because how many people... Okay, so let's just... just so, sorry, everybody can't come up with a brilliant word like us. Right. No one could get creative whenever I drink like I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like... He's sort of like, like Rick from Rick and Morty. The more he drinks, the more genius he becomes. Yeah. It has this weird opposite effect. He still can't drive a vehicle where the fuck like that, but he can. his mind no, works you better. you should not drink and drive. Don't drink and drive, because that's fucking retarded. That's, and if you don't have any friends, then... Don't, don't drink and drive. Actually, what? That's why you have Uber. Just call an Uber if you're fucked up. That's our PSA for today. Or have friends. <laughs> but yeah, just <laughs> just get friends. Um, and if they won't drive you, then they're not your friends. Then they're not your friends. 
then fuck them and find new people. <laughs> but uh, I think what he meant to say was Tarantino idolatry. Uh, so it got so out of hand during the 90s that a number of people actually took this absurd movie for a masterstroke, even though Tarantino only wrote the screenplay for it. Only wrote the screenplay. You guys just think about that for a second. Whenever you, a movie's made and this guy's like, well, he only wrote the screenplay. Oh, really? That's the whole fucking movie. Right. <laughs> you Basically, the screenplay is your blueprint. Once you have that, you can make the entire movie off the screenplay. Yeah. So basically, oh, he, he did 90% of the work. <laughs> <He did. laughs> That's just ridiculous. People kill me with that kind of shit, though, man. Because, like, especially like when you get into his, um, uh, his comment in here, uh, where, okay, so it starts off. Where it says, uh, Clarence Worley, uh, who's played by Christian Slater, is a nebbish. And we had to look this up because we didn't know what the hell nebbish meant. Yes. You remember what it meant? I do not. <laughs> it meant something like um, useless or something. Somebody who's like kind of like, I guess sort of like a noob, like they're out of their element. Right, right. Yeah. And it was stupid. It was just... It's a stupid word. This is just somebody trying to come up with like a word. Like these already tried to this use two words. This dude took two fucking weeks to write this. Right. Yeah, but you hate the movie so much you gave it a two out of ten. Yet you wrote like four, almost five paragraphs about it on IMDb. Um, it says uh, Clarence is a nebbish who meets Alabama, who is Cy, a hooker with a heart of gold. No, there's she's a call girl. She's fucking different. Right. Uh, hookers are a little bit different. <laughs> Call girls are call girls are kind of like the upgraded version of a hooker. <laughs> no, a hooker, you go to the room or they come to your room only for sex. A call girl gives you a fantasy. It's an experience. It's an experience. They spend they, they spend a date with you and then have sex with you. Right. Like that movie that Sasha Gray did called The Girlfriend Experience, where it's like she gets hired out to be if you guys don't know who Sasha Gray is, she was she was a porn star. I was gonna um, say, don't explain that. <laughs> if you don't know who Sasha Gray is, just look her up. She has a lot of really lovely films that she's worked on over the years. I'm a big fan of her work. Um, There's you a jack sash on us. Right, yeah, there you go. Ladies uh, also. Yeah, right. Hey, there's pl I mean, hey, Sasha Gray, would well, she'd get on with chicks too. I mean, she didn't discriminate. Yeah. Sasha Gray would basically bang anybody, and we're all better for it. Yeah. Thank you, Sasha. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's basically what that movie was about was like basically like getting a girlfriend type of experience, right? And that's essentially what Clarence gets, at least for the first night. Because he, he doesn't know that he's just like in on this. But even like in the clip we played, he, and like the, 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 um, the quote, rotten, something's rotten in Denmark, pops up like what, twice in this movie? Yes. Because it comes up later on. And I'm like, they, I'm like, Tarantino probably heard that and was like, I've got to fucking use that for it's something. It's from an older movie. I forget right. which one, but they, they used, that used to be a very popular saying. Right. Um, but uh, it says, uh, they decide to get married. It becomes necessary to kill Alabama's pimp Drexel, who is played by Gary Oldman. Um, whose amusing performance is one of the few enjoyable moments in this movie, so the pair can be together. However, they decide to grab Drexel's huge stash of cocaine to finance their future together. 
Now, what's wrong with that sentence, Steve? Well, they didn't go in there to grab his cocaine to finance the future together. That's not even... Alabama wasn't even with him. Clarence did all this shit on his own. Yeah, he goes in there on his own, not actually to kill Drexel, just to tell Drexel to leave them the fuck alone, and he wanted her shit, Mm -hmm. and he was going to leave. When he grabs that suitcase whenever he's leaving, he thinks he's grabbing Alabama's clothes. It wasn't until he got back with those badass sunglasses on that Uma Thurman (laughs) wears in Kill Bill Volume 1. Yeah, fun fact. Uh, (laughs) That's actually actually the glasses, the same style of glasses. Yeah, from she, True Romance. Yeah, yep. whenever she gets in the pussy wagon, um, but <laughs> it's one of the best vehicles of all time. Yeah, yeah, she takes that. She takes all that shit from Buck. But who gives a fuck? Right. Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, he comes back and he has that awesome speech, and he starts. She starts crying, and she he, he was like, you know, don't cry one tear for him, and she was like, that was most romantic thing anybody's ever done for me. It was awesome. It's match made in heaven. It's, mm, right. It's, you know, it's, uh, he, he went and, I mean, that, that scene's going to get played um, sometimes for this podcast. Probably, there's probably going to be a few scenes played um, maybe after each comment. <laughs> um, but it says, uh, uh, needless to say, this causes a plethora of criminals to try and kill them and get the drugs back. Also, needless to say, the the plethora fails to do so. Clarence magically transforms from a nebbish into a tough guy whose strength is is the strength of ten because he spouts cool profanities. When you spout cool profanities, gangsters who are pointing their guns at you do not shoot you when you draw a gun. They just rack their slides menacingly. Uh, this cliche is known to bad movie fans as superfluous racking. <laughs> but the thing is, is that Clarence doesn't actually pull a gun on Drexel until he actually gets the opportunity to shoot him. Because they basically just have, like, just a straight fist fight inside Drexel's, uh, like, his apartment, his lair, whatever you want to call it. His hooker den, whatever you want to call that. They basically just get into a straight-up fist fight, and, like, he ends up throwing him out of the wall. Like, they go through all that stuff, and then eventually he pulls the gun on Drexel and shoots him. It's not like he walks in... See, this is the problem I have with some of these comments. Because if you're reading this, you're thinking, oh, that's how the scene goes. No, that's He walks in, he's Billy Badass, and he just, like, shoots Drexel. He's Charlie fucking Bronson. He's Charlie fucking Bronson. But that's not how it goes. Because you have basically, like, the entire thing is basically him saying, like, look, you know, uh, him and Alabama are married. Like, that's his wife. And all that kind of stuff. And he was like, you know, this is basically... Yeah, he, he gives him the envelope. I mean, Elvis tells him he needs to go put two in the back of his head. Right. And, uh, <laughs> which, just as a side note, uh, Val Kilmer's awesome as Elvis, Elvis in this. never see his face, just nope. his movements and his voice. Even in the credits, he's not listed as Elvis Presley. He's listed as mentor. And there's a reason why. Because, legally, he could not be listed as Elvis. Which is crazy because they say the word Elvis like fifty fucking times in the yeah. movie. Clarence, so you can say Elvis, you just can't credit it as Elvis. Right, but the the other thing too is at the very beginning of this movie, he basically says that like he's not gay, but he would totally fuck Elvis. He, yeah, 
And then she's like, I'd fuck Elvis. And it's like, see, we have something in common. So we both we both fuck Elvis. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. That's not how you start a conversation. But that's the thing is that, like, saying that he is, like, he's just, like, you know, Joe Cool, not when it comes to gangster stuff and, like, no. this criminal underworld. He's smooth when it comes to, like, conversations like that where he's at a bar it's his birthday he went to go get a drink because he wants to have a good night he's gonna go watch the movie and all that kind of shit and so he's like talking to this really cute blonde at the bar and he's just like you know elvish is kind of his shtick like that's kind of like his pickup line well he's basically what i got from this is he's basically what tarantino would be if he could be Right. You know, like, if he could be, like, this badass dude or something, you know, somebody... I mean, it's basically Tarantino. That's what Clarence... Tar- yeah, he's basically Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He's basically telling this story from the perspective of himself. Yes. Because this movie is very heavy on, I think, things that Tarantino would love to do in real life himself, you know. But, uh... It's... <laughs> but the thing when he gives the envelope to Drexel and he was like, you know, this is this is basically like, you know, my my payoff for Alabama and, you know, this is my peace of mind and not a cent more. And he opens the envelope and he's like, There's nothing in here because he wasn't gonna give Drexel shit. Well, let's play this scene so you know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen this movie or you haven't seen this movie in a long time, that's why we're gonna play clips. We need you to realize that these people that you're probably read comments about before you might watch this movie are 100% wrong. Yeah. It's not even an opinion. It's just bashing. Mm-hmm. Because none of the, when you don't even list a fact whenever you're bashing a movie, then you just, you probably didn't even watch it. You just want to hate it. Yeah. Okay. But there's also, there's parts of this movie that are... <laughs> There's parts of this movie that we can't really recreate what they say because they use a lot of N word <laughs> for one, and it's we refuse. Tarantino. It's yeah. Tarantino. Tarantino uses the N word constantly in his scripts. That's one of the things that makes it genuine, though, because let's be honest, that's how people honestly talk. There's racist and stuff like that. Yeah. At some point of this podcast, we probably will play the clip where Dennis Hopper talks to Christopher Walken. And that it, one is is rough. If the N word offends you, it's but, about it's about five minutes long. So whenever it starts, just skip ahead five minutes if you don't want to hear it. Yeah, um, but it's one of the best like monologue kind of situations like in history, I think, because you know Clarence's dad, Clifford, and Vincent, the mafia guy, the mob guy. Like that scene is brilliant, but. We're not there yet. Right now, we're dealing with Drexel. And just before you play the clip, Gary Oldman fucking kills it as Drexel in this movie. He'd said, he said before that he would love to do a movie again as Drexel. Yeah. You know, and I still think that could, you know, I think you should do it. Because why not? That would be... See, I would love to see that too because... Like, you know, you have a dude who is basically, he's a white dude that has dreads. And I would assume that Drexel probably grew up in Jamaica or he grew up around Jamaicans because that's why he talks like that. Um, and so he has this kind of, he has this, this sort of mentality that he doesn't think that he's white. Because he even talks about Clarence and we always make fun of the whole white boy day thing. But um, 
yeah, I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see just what people's reaction like if they've never seen this movie how they react to the Drexel scene between him, you know, Drexel and Clarence. He's asking about Alabama. Who the fuck is that bitch? She's with me. Who the fuck are you? I'm her husband. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes us practically related. You ever see, boy? You ever saw an egg roll? We got everything here from a little eye Joe to damn little I know. No thanks. <laughs> no thanks? What at me? Hmm? I think you're too scared of me. Hmm? Let's see. We're sitting down here. Ready to negotiate. <laughs> You've already given up your shit. I'm still a mystery to you. But I know exactly where your white ass is coming from. See, if I ask if you want some dinner, and you put the egg roll and start to try to I said to myself, this motherfucker, he's carrying on like he ain't got a care in the world, and who knows? Maybe he don't. Maybe this fool's such a bad motherfucker. He don't got to worry about nothing. He just sit down, watch my motherfucking TV. <laughs> you ain't even sat down yet. And that TV over there, since you've been in the room, is a room where the breasts is hanging out. You ain't even bothered to look. You're just gonna clock me. I know I'm pretty. But I ain't as pretty as a couple of teens. <laughs> I'm not eating because I'm not hungry. I'm not sitting because I'm not sitting and looking at the movie because I already seen it seven years ago. It's the Mac. Max Julian, Carol Speed, and Richard Pryor. I ain't scared of you, I just don't like you. That envelope right there had some payoff money. Alabama's moving on to some greener pastures. We're not negotiating. I don't like to barter. So that envelope right there is for my peace of mind. My peace of mind is worth that much. Not one penny more. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> Marty, you know what we got here? Motherfucking Charlie Bronson. <laughs> Mr. Majestic? Look here, Charlie. None of this bullshit is necessary. I don't got no hold over Alabama. <laughs> I just trying to live a girl a helping hand. <laughs>
thought it was white boy day. <laughs> yeah. It ain't white boy day, is it? Oh man, it ain't white boy day. <laughs> Shit, man, you don't fuck. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> It, it turned out to be White Boy Day. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, it was White Boy Day. It was White Boy Day at the end of that day. Um, <laughs> a couple things about that, that, that scene itself was um, awesome fight scene, by the way. Yeah. Just kind of like a brawl in a house. It was done really good. Right. You know, there's not like any kung fu in it. It's just kind of like how you would actually see like an actual fight like that take place. Yeah. This is basically two on one. <laughs> yeah, I, and considering that, like, you know, like, Christian Slater is not really, like, an action star, you yeah. know, I mean, and Gary Oldman has done action movies, but I don't really consider him to be an action guy. That was actually a pretty decent fight for two guys that aren't really known for fighting in movies, yeah. you know. I mean... And it, you're probably thinking, if you've never seen this movie, wait, which one was Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman was the Jamaican guy. Yeah, he was the Jamaican guy. <laughs> that was fucking Gary Oldman. Yeah. It's, it, it just shows you how good of an actor uh, he is based on the the difference between, like, Drexel Spivey and then Commissioner Gordon on Batman. Yeah, like, exactly. It's so different. But he also played Dracula. He yeah. was He was, you know, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, the, the uh, Coppola movie. Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. He was, you know, he was, he was Vlad. So it's, like, when you look at that, it's like, and then, you know, he's also Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. Ah, one of my favorites. From we, we will do that movie eventually. Fifth Element, Fifth yes. Element. That is, that is like one of my favorites of all time. Um, but we're just looking at, like, the difference of characters that he has. It's so crazy to see how he can go from, like, Drexel to Zorg to... <laughs> Like Dracula, it's a Commissioner Gordon, like all these different types of characters that he can play, and he always kind of has like a different way of speaking. And Gary Oldman's from England, but he can do so well with like other accents that he can just completely con transform himself into a different character. And to me, that's what acting is: is being able to do shit like that. Yeah, that that right there is acting at its best, and. It's so good, and everybody in this is so good. Patricia Arquette's character, it's like, why wasn't she given more characters like this? Right. You know, she would have won an Oscar if they would have kept getting characters like this. So this leads me to the next point. Um, Clarence and Alabama do not have any interesting or memorable characteristics. Like, every single characteristic is interesting and memorable. Right. I mean, every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about any characters that Tarantino writes. They're, his t characters are complex. You never really have a character in a Tarantino movie that's a one-note person. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, even the, the guy that sold Vincent Vega drugs, which was Eric Stoltz in Pulp Fiction, was interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because... Like when, when Mia's basically having the what, cardiac arrest or whatever. Yeah. And they have to hit her with the adrenaline to the heart and everything. See, everything comes together. Like Eric Stoltz is talking about, you know, John Travolta was telling Eric Stoltz about somebody keying his car. And if you pay attention enough, you, you know that the person that keyed his car 
was Bruce Willis's character. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> all the stories in Pulp Fiction intertwine. Yeah, and if you pay attention, and then Bruce Willis ends up killing him at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. All because John Travolta came to kill him and put his gun down and to take his shit. To take a shit, <laughs> yeah. He was going to go kill uh, was Which a Butch. Which is great. Who else does that? But that's the thing. Like This movie's dense like that, too. Yeah. Because it, it basically everything can all gets intertwined. Because Alabama gets hired out by Clarence's boss to Which, like... I have a theory about who his boss is. <laughs> okay. I think it's Mr. White. <laughs> from, from Reservoir Dogs. From Reservoir Dogs. Because he says that he's worked with a girl named Alabama in Reservoir Dogs. And this is part of the Tarantino-verse. Yeah, True Romance does count <laughs> because he wrote these... He wrote these characters in... Because Donnie Donowitz is uh, Lee Donowitz's dad. Yeah, and Lee Donowitz is the producer that you meet later on in the movie when they're trying to do the cocaine deal. Yeah. And then, you know, he does war movies because he did a Vietnam movie and all that stuff. Because his dad was the bear Jew. His dad was the bear Jew when he was, you know, one of the inglorious bastards. Because Tarantino's universe kind of all blends together. Yeah, it's all in his own his own little world. So it's it's good stuff. Now I don't I if I'm not mistaken, isn't Big Kahuna Burger in this too? The I think the that's burgers? what Christian Slater's eating when he comes back from killing Drexel. There's the Big Kahuna. Yeah. Because I was trying to remember if that was it or if he got the big kahuna later on when he has Alabama with him and they're on the road trip. Maybe. Maybe they're eating and the he's, big kahuna he stops. whenever he's, he's calling the dude on the phone about the deal where uh, do I look like a blonde head with big tits and ass that tastes like French vanilla ice cream. Right. Then why are you well, trying to fuck me like one? And then, <laughs> well, because there was, there was the scene too where uh, the guy has the magazine with Elvis on it and he's like, hey man, that's a good issue. You should read He's like, did you read it? You know, and he's like, no, you got to flip to this article right here because he's like, like yeah, sits yeah, next yeah. to him, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, and then I think I saw a red apple cigarette somewhere in the movie too. Of course you did. But, um, but yeah, it's just to say that Clarence and Alabama are not interesting or memorable. It's like, hell, they're the two people out of this movie that you definitely remember. You remember almost everybody from this movie because of, of how like stark this movie is i mean even like clarence's dad you know when he first kind of does the whole drexel thing and he's kind of like i you know maybe i fucked up you know i ended up killing this dude and you know it's like jesus you know you're gonna go to jail and he's like the more i learn about this drexel guy the more i think you did the the right thing thing. (laughs) yeah you know and dennis hopper was an amazing actor he was good in everything even in that shitty mario brothers movie yeah Oh, God. We will never do that movie because we don't like it enough to actually defend it. Oh, no, we will not be we will hate n- on that. That movie is garbage. Right. Um, it, <laughs> but, uh, we try. We try. Dennis Hopper. You could literally just cut Dennis Hopper scenes out in that movie, except the one where he turns into a dinosaur at the end or whatever. <laughs> and it was, what's that, like 15 minutes? That That's the best parts of the movie. Any scene with Dennis Hopper... Leguizamo was not good in this movie. Yeah. Bob, Bob Hopkins was not good in this movie. It, it wasn't. It wasn't good. 
Yeah. I, and the story's not even a Super Mario story. It's just, some, I don't even know what it is. I mean, I, I would rather Luigi just... Luigi Mario, Mario Mario, really? That's the best you can come up with? Can't get these fuckers a last name? Yeah. They never actually had a last name in the video or game. don't give a last name. It's a video game movie. Yeah. Who gives a shit what their last name is? Why are you asking for last names in <laughs> Koopa Land? Yeah. But His name's fucking Koopa. What are you going to call him? Richard Koopa? Yeah, Dick Koopa. Dick Koopa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Shut up, Richard. Yeah, shut up, Richard. Uh, but um, it's, it's crazy, too, because, like, uh, if you go to the next comment... And this is a, somebody who honestly has no fucking clue about anything related to this movie. So, uh, who wrote this one? Uh, y- Yabdan? Yabdan? Is that... How do you... How would you say that? Yabdan? Yabdan? Yabdan. <laughs> That's how I'd say it. Yabdan? Yabdan. And this is December of 2000. Uh, so, they Ball gave... Rat was his favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> From glorious nation Kazakhstan, um, uh, but he very gave nice, how much? very nice. How much? Um, you know his uh, his just uh, totally off topic. We have been off topic as fuck on this. Right, podcast. but just really quickly, did you know that that uh, that onesie bikini that he wears in that is outlawed in certain countries? Probably because of him. It's because of him. <laughs> Because people are like, I want to buy that fucking dick hammock, that that dick slingshot bikini thing, and, and so like, no, and they were they have outlawed it. So if you wear that on the beach in certain countries, you can get arrested because they consider it indecent exposure. They need to do a <laughs> don't mess with the Zohan and Borat crossover. Oh god, <laughs> just weird, awkward foreign comedy. I have the biggest bush. <laughs> <laughs> I have the biggest pubis. Just have Adam Sandler dressed up like the uh, Zohan and then... The Baron Cohen yeah, is Baron Borat. Yeah, Baron Just have him walking around. <laughs> but, uh, so Yabdan, uh, he gives it a 2 out of 10. And he says, the worst movie I have ever seen. No. I'm no, pretty just... sure. As of 2000, what would have been the worst movie he could have seen? Uh, 2000. Let's see. He could have seen any number of really bad movies. I don't know. I, I don't normally just think of bad movies. I always right. remember good movies, so this is hard You know why? Me. Because we're beyond the hate. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, so it says uh, uh, plot spoiler. So he gives you a spoiler warning right at the beginning. This movie is terrible. Um, it's not. <laughs> that's, that's not a plot. That's not a plot. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind. That's the plot to the Transformers. <laughs> yes. What's the plot? It's just terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's really almost any Michael Bay movie, let's be honest. Except Bad Boys. Bad Boys is the only one that gets a bit of a pass. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind that the reason Tarantino didn't direct this himself is because he is smart enough to see how sophomoric it is. No, that's not why he didn't do it. It's why because... didn't he direct this, Steve? Well, because he was... Uh... He was about to direct, um, well, it wasn't Pulp Fiction, it was, uh... Reservoir Dogs? No, Reservoir Dogs was first. Yeah. Well, this movie was written... It would have been Pulp Fiction. He was about to do Pulp Fiction. Um... Uh, no. 
I think he was about to do Jackie Brown. No, Jackie Brown didn't come out till later on. This movie was 94, so... This is 94. Well, anyway, he was about to get ready to do something else. He sold this, he sold this uh, script for the minimum, which was $50,000. Yeah, 50 grand. Um, and he used that to buy uh, a car that he uses in other movies. Yeah, because that was one of the things he needed. It was like kind of a financing thing. But the thing that you know about Quentin Tarantino is he does sell his screenplays. Um, it's not that he doesn't want to do it. In some, well, in early on in his career, he hadn't established himself yet. So that was kind of like how he kind of got known in the industry was, was putting his name out there from his writing. You know, because isn't that how Harvey Keitel learned about him? Was seeing one of his scripts? Yeah. Yeah. Because Harvey Keitel was like, the kid's got talent. I'm going to see what I can do to help him. And that's yeah. kind of how Reservoir Dogs got started was like, I, I really want to help you do this. You know, if I remember the story correctly, he, he really dug the story and was like, I'm going to see what I can do to help, you know, to help this get made because well, he believed in him. Well, here's the thing. This was in 94 and Pulp Fiction was in 94. So I was right. He was working on Pulp Fiction. Um, that's that's what he did. He, he decided to work on Pulp Fiction, which was his baby. And then True Romance was... Also his baby, but he put it in good hands. He put it in Tony Scott's hands. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn good hands. Because if you, if you look at, uh, let's see, uh, let's go to Tony Scott's uh, history here. So Tony Scott, let's see, what would be probably the thing he's the most known for? Well, I mean, Tony Scott has done like a, a lot of good stuff you know he did uh top gun yeah he did top gun he did uh beverly hills Tide. beverly hills the, cap 2 yeah the, the last boy scout days of thunder he he's done a bunch of good stuff he did spy game with brad pitt and uh um, the fan yeah man on fire enemy of the state deja vu i mean these these are all um Taking of Pelham One Two Three, the remake. Yeah, I mean he had a pretty, he had a pretty large number of movies that he was good at. Yeah, but I think most people probably remember him as like, oh, that's just Ridley Scott's brother. But he was way more than that. He was. I mean, did did he ever get the fame that Ridley Scott got? No, but I mean, he was never able to direct a movie like Gladiator or you know anything like that. So. You know, it's it's one it's one of those things where it's like Tony Scott was great. Um, a lot of great actors like working with him. I would even say more so than they did uh, his brother. Yeah. Because you know, look at the actors Tony Scott got. And I'm not saying Ridley Scott got bad actors, but <laughs> no, definitely not. I mean, definitely not. But you're talking about Denzel. Tony Scott get get Denzel to work on anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I mean, such a shame, too, that he's not around anymore. Yeah, how many Denzel movies did Ridley Scott direct? Uh, none. No, none. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> Ridley worked with, like, different kinds of actors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. if you can get Denzel to work on a project, Denzel, we're also waiting for that Equalizer Part 2. 
Yeah, get that shit made. <laughs> get like, just made. seriously, get that shit and made. And then when you get to three, then you guys need to do a John Wick Equalizer crossover. Oh, shit. <laughs> that would be awesome. And y'all just wreak havoc on, like, every bad guy in the world. And y'all kill him in, like, two days. <laughs> yeah. Because that would be awesome. Or you two guys fight. I don't that, know who would win that. I shit. really don't. Probably John Wick, I think, in the end. I think so, but Wick would get fucked up. <laughs> he would be fucked up. He would be fucked up at the end of that fight. That's what, yeah. Are they, you know, yeah. Because you're talking about, like, Wick's a, he's, like, probably one of the best assassins in the world. Yeah. He's one of the hardest people in the world to kill because of how good he is. Yeah, I've said it I've said it a couple times already. I think that if John Wick met James Bond, he'd kill James Bond in about two minutes. I don't I don't think he'd live through that. No. That's why <laughs> <laughs> then that's the thing, since uh, since we went down this rabbit hole for a minute, uh the Bond movies are supposed to be to a degree uh, a male fantasy because every guy to a degree wants to be James Bond. We want to have the badass car. We want to have the banging hot chick in the movie. We want to do the cool explosions and the action shit, the cool chase sequences. But we don't want to have to deal with reality. Because <laughs> is what John Wick is. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I love the James Bond movies. Don't get me wrong. But there are some stuff in the James Bond movies that are that are kind of you're like okay that's not really real like most of Moonraker <laughs> for example yeah, and that's okay cause it's movies, a fucking movie enjoy it movies were invented for enjoyment not for depression not for criticizing not for any of that it's for enjoyment so if you enjoy a movie fuck what anybody else says including us yeah you enjoy it that's what they're for yeah so if you enjoy it, that's what that's great. Then that's a great movie. Our entire purpose here with this show, <laughs> just to get like super real for a second, is to is for you to understand that the things that you might have heard about something aren't really as bad as they might think. And instead of just listening to what other people oh <laughs> Well, since Alexa wanted to uh fucking interrupt me. Yeah, she said, Fuck you. Yeah. Well, you know, IMDb is owned by Amazon, so we talk shit about IMDb. I'm surprised that the Amazon SWAT team hasn't come in to take us out yet. Look, Alexa, shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that. Right. Um, but the, our whole purpose of doing this show is to kind of, it's sort of like how when, when Morpheus is talking to Neo and he was like, wake up, Neo. You know, like, wake up. Don't just listen to the shit that people tell you on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't listen to IMDb comments. I mean, we use them as our example because most of the hate that you can find in a movie is right here. It's very easy to find. You can go on here and you can look at something and go, oh, this movie is like shit. Look how many people hate this. Whatever happened to having your own fucking mind when it came to doing uh, watching a movie? Yeah, I, I don't remember caring as much as people care now. Right. I mean, if if IMDb had existed around the time that you had Stallone and Schwarzenegger like doing their action movies, people would have been like, oh, this is just mindless action. Like, look at how many bullets they use in these movies. Conan the Barbarian's garbage. This is so stupid. Like, it's all this, like, high fantasy nonsense. 
Who gives a shit about this? It's like, but that's the whole fucking point of a movie is to go to a movie and escape. If I want super realistic, I'll watch super realistic. The reason I watch something like Predator is because I want to see fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger fight a fucking alien and fucking, you know, you know, just like that movie is awesome. Like the original Predator is awesome. And, you know, even like Stallone's movie, like, like Rocky. I mean, look at how many times that dude gets hit in the face by Ivan Drago. He would have been dead by round two. But we watch that movie because it's inspirational and makes us feel good. It's like, yeah, fuck the Russians. We can beat Ivan Drago with a scrappy, you know, buff Italian guy. Yeah, even... In reality, like, Ivan Drago would have killed him in, like, two rounds. Let's not bullshit. Well, we know Dolph Lundgren would have killed him in probably two rounds. Now, Dolph Lundgren could still... He could kill Stallone like that now. <laughs> he punched... He punched... Stallone for real in that movie, and Stallone had to go to the hospital. Yeah, that's real shit. <laughs> Stallone asked him to do it because you know he's a tough guy. But I think the thing he doesn't understand by about Dolph Lundgren is he is, um, I'm I'm forgetting the exact black belt that he has, but it's really awesome, and he was a, he was a world champion in like 1980 81. He he won a championship. Yeah. For his, his martial arts. So he's a legit badass. He And he's also a genius. And Dolph Lundgren also was in a Bond movie. Yeah, which was uh, <laughs> a, a View to a Kill. View to that a Kill. That was his first movie he ever did. Yep, because yeah, he was currently dating Grace Jones at the time. Which is the one that told him to go into acting. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of funny because Grace Jones doesn't have a career anymore. And Dolph is still making movies. He's still, still doing he's stuff. He's going to be in Creed 2, which I'm ready for the hate on that because I want to cover them shits. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we might eventually get to Rocky 4. But, um, but getting back to True Romance, since we kind of went down the rabbit hole there for a minute. <laughs> we, uh, we've gotten off topic a lot. So yeah. if you don't know what we're doing, we are still doing True Romance. We're still doing True Romance. <laughs> this is not just a bullshit session. We're having fun, though. We're all having fun. It's good. Good. But since we were talking about Tony Scott, right? That's kind of how we got on this discussion. Not Michael Scott. Yeah, not Michael Scott, no. In the office. No. God, could you imagine him in this movie? <laughs> oh, fuck. Steve Carell would be so out of his element in this movie. I would love for Steve Carell <laughs> to be in a remake of True Romance. Oh, God, that would be hilarious. As the director, Lee Donovan. <laughs> right, yeah, there we go. We'll just fuck the whole universe up. Who cares? Tarantino, get on that shit, baby. Um, Tarantino's probably, my bad, yeah. Can I get Steve Carell? Yeah. I don't know if I can pull Carell. I don't know if I got that kind of, if I don't have, if I have that much juice in Hollywood. Maybe um, I can ask for Judd Apatow for a favor. Can you call me in a favor? Can you can, do me a solid? Can you do me a solid? Can I get some Steve Carell in my movie? Right. He's going to die. Oh, I know. I just want to admit this. I want to put his name on the poster. Uh, but it's uh, so here it says the plot itself is completely unbelievable and so over the top that you want to take a shower in spring water and watch Beauty and the Beast. Wow, that's that's uh, this is the, that just got dark. And, and yeah, and so I'm gonna keep going. This is, movie is, is this the Buffalo Bill. I don't know. Maybe you know. Maybe we should put the lotion on our skin and then put it in the basket. Whoa! Because I feel like we're in we're in Buffalo. You I got know, chills you know. when he said this. This dude is a murderer. This dude might be a serial killer. We need to probably FBI trace that IP address. Yeah, where did this where did this comment come from? Because this guy's like, why would you take a bath? Why would you take a shower in spring water? Like that's. Wait, why you must... would you say them words in a sentence? And then why would you watch Beauty and the Beast? 
Why is that the next thing? Yeah, why? My why? question is, though, is he talking about the movie, or is he talking about the Beauty and the Beast well, TV this show? Posted? This was, what, 2000? 2000, yep. So he's talking about the cartoon. Uh, I would assume, but you know, there was also the Beauty and the Beast TV show with Linda Hamilton. I don't think that's what he's talking about. I don't. Maybe, maybe the spring water. You would, you would hope that's what he's talking about, but I don't think it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, since we got sidetracked, yeah, that got dark. <laughs> I, I feel like this guy's murdered somebody. He's probably killed people and then bathed in spring water to purify his body yeah. afterwards. Lake Minnetonka. Yeah, yeah, he's immersed himself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> and we might eventually do Purple Rain because I, I do love that movie. As fucking weird as it is, Prince was a weird dude anyway. But anyway, John um, Love. <laughs> oh, we yo, we That's a different movie. Yeah, <laughs> the same movie, but we're talking about a different. Movie. Yeah. Jalen Yeah. Uh, this movie is the epitome of glorified violence. Everybody in the film has to be a bigger badass than they were five minutes before. Watch the scene between uh, Oldman and Slater or Hopper and Walken. Both those scenes are such crap that you wish Scott hadn't even what? bothered with the plot. Basically, he wanted to show how cool his characters can be. Those two scenes ruin the movie. No, I take it back. It's a terrible movie. Those two scenes emphasize how terrible it is. It is based on glamour and attitude like a Britney Spears video and has no basis in character development at all. Now, first of all, Britney Spears videos are awesome. <laughs> I mean, that ass, come on. Come on. Really? I mean, if you don't, if you don't watch She's the video still... for Toxic and think like, you know what isn't Toxic right now is my wangus because I am <laughs> rock hard right, right now. now. <laughs> oh, we haven't mentioned Jason Manzoukas in a while. <laughs> the Zook. The Zook. Zook, Zook, Zook. Um, what's up, jerks? What's up? <laughs> but, we uh, didn't forget about you, we didn't forget about you, Manzoukas, if you ever happened to listen to this. Yeah. But, um... If you do, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. But dig into this asshole and how he thinks there's no character development. Okay, there, there's... The, the thing about Quentin Tarantino, why he's always been, like, one of my favorite directors, is because of the character development. Within individual scenes. Within scenes, within... Within scenes, within the characters... Like Pulp Fiction, for instance. Why was Bruce Willis one of the main characters? Is because his story arc was probably one of the craziest. Because, I mean, he goes from being a boxer that doesn't take a fall and bets on himself, takes all the money, runs, ends up getting captured, saves the person, saves the person that has been trying to kill him, goes back and gets the watch that his dad saved for him, up his friend's ass. Yeah. That's another beautiful Christopher Walken scene right there. Then comes back and kills the assassin sent to kill him. Right. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. God, that's one character in this movie. That's just one. That's just Butch. And also, now that we're talking about Bruce Willis, I mean, why wasn't he Lex, uh, Lex Luthor? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. Because it's like, who could, who, who could we have gotten... To be Lex Luthor in the uh, Batman vs. Superman. And I like Jesse Eisenberg as an actor. I don't like him as Lex Luthor 
because he what he did with that character was just it was weird. It was kind of like it was sort of like millennial Lex Luthor. He was trying to be more crazy, techie type person, I guess. I mean, to I, me, you know what you know what he reminded me of is Edward Nigma on Batman yeah, Forever. Yeah, he was trying to be like the Riddler. He's trying to be kind of like the Riddler. Made a, he would have made an awesome Riddler, probably. Yeah. So what we could do is he could be the Riddler. Just he's not Lex anymore. He's basically the Riddler that was posing as Lex, Boom. and the real Lex is, is Willis. Bald Willis. <laughs> Bald Willis. And you know what? You know you would all fucking love it. Yeah, you all would. You all would eat that shit up. Because you imagine the scenes between him and Superman. You remember how not intense they are with Eisenberg? Because you're like, well, I mean, he's standing toe to toe with Cavill. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a battle. Not even of wits either. No. Because Cavill actually just. He actually kind of seems smarter than Eisenberg, too. Even though Eisenberg always plays these smart characters. I've seen Cavill and, you know, uh, um, what was that um, Uncle movie? The Man from Uncle? Man from Uncle movie yeah. or whatever. He's awesome in that. And, um, yeah, Bruce Willis would kill it. <laughs> so you, you, I mean, do you guys need to hire us? Let me tell you, you put in these roles. <laughs> but uh, so basically, so the next comment it says, every action scene has our two heroes living despite the odds. The scene where Alabama's beaten in the bathroom quite possibly is the most pointless, mind-numbing five minutes of film ever, especially because oh she lives. God. Give me a break. If the scene illustrated how terrifyingly she was murdered, then maybe I could stand to sit through it. Why does a comic book salesman think he can escort his new girlfriend? She's not girlfriend. She's wifey. Get that right. Through um, a drug deal. And this this motherfucker is rooting for the guy to kill her. He wants Gandolfini to kill Alabama in this movie. This dude. This dude is probably a is a serial, serial killer. killer. <laughs> we probably discovered a serial killer. The FBI seriously, like after you guys figure out what was going on with Russia in the election, figure this shit out because this guy probably has bodies in a, in his basement somewhere. This dude is fucking Ed Gein. Because the whole point of that scene is that you think the entire time Clarence is going to come back, he's going to find fucking Virgil uh, beating the shit out of Alabama, and he's going to murder this guy. That's what you think the whole time. You're like, Clarence is going to fuck way. him up. Clarence is going to shoot him. Oh, man. And then it, that She's doesn't happen. She's the one that kills him, which this guy's fucking problem is because, you know, a man didn't save her or a man didn't kill her. It's not believable that she could defend herself. Has the, but the thing is, is that this guy probably would look like a Ronda Rousey fight and go like, eh, it's just staged. Women can't fight like that. No, Ronda Rousey will like, beat seriously beat the shit out ass. of women. And, and and also this this fuck Ronda Rousey, if you ever meet this guy, beat the shit out of him because he is a sexist <laughs> serial killer, piece of shit. That'd be that'd be hilarious. He accidentally tried to abduct a girl and it's Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and she fucks him up. Or what's that? Uh, what's that other lady? Uh, the Chris Cyborg. 
Yeah, cyborgs just like destroys them. Like she would basically just you know, he would be one. He would do one of those things where it's like she gets on top of him and he's like, oh yeah, we're about to do this, and then she just like ground and pounds him yeah. and just boom, turns boom, his boom. just turns his face into like Krang from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> He just looks. He's just nothing but just like brain matter left. Or like the end of Death Proof when they basically bash in Kurt Russell's face. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like the best curb stomps ever. <laughs> they beat um, the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, but so it continues. Uh, you know what was the line he said? Why does a comic book salesman think he can escort his new girlfriend, actually wife, through a drug deal? It's not. It's not interesting in the least. It's stupid. The whole movie revolves around the idiocy of the audience. It depends on the viewer to become stupider with each scene to stupider. understand. Stupider with each scene to understand the ending. How the hell do they survive? That's not interesting. It's stupid. Nothing about this movie is any good. <laughs> so, like, I remember when I read this and I was like, "Okay, why is it that you want Virgil to kill Alabama? That would end the story right there." Like Alabama has to survive. What he's pissed about is that she was able to defend herself. You know, I mean, she like hit him with like it was like the back of the toilet, and she like she got him with uh, it was the corkscrew. Corkscrew. From the she threw perfume in his eyes. Yeah, set him on fire. Yeah, she was doing everything she could to live to defend herself. And then she finally got a hold of that gun and ended him. Yep, and then proceeded to just like bash him with like what was. Because the shotgun, I think, was out of shells, and then she's just bashing it into him. And then when Clarence gets there, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck has happened? Because he was stepped out to go get some food, and when he comes back, there's like a dead fucking mafia guy and in the hotel. Wife beat the fucking his wife's all beat the shit. She's got glass cuts on her face and all this stuff, and she's like... You know, crying and all this kind of stuff. So he grabs Alabama, throws her in the convertible, trying to get the fuck out of there. But that's the thing. It's like the whole time you're watching this, you're like, no, Alabama, you have got to kill this dude. Please, you got to figure this shit out. Because yeah, I don't want you thinking, to... you're not thinking, no, come on, kill that bitch. You're not thinking that. You're like, no, I want Alabama to live because, like, those two are meant for each other, you know? And, I mean, that's the, that's the problem I think sometimes people have with these movies is what is it? Oh, you got offended because a woman defended herself? Come the fuck on. You know, it's like uh, the article that I showed you where J.J. Abrams said that uh, guys that didn't like The Last Jedi, it, it almost felt to him like they were, uh, what did he say, that they were afraid of women. That they didn't want to have that many women in a movie. They didn't want to have women of power in a movie and all that kind of stuff because they felt threatened by it. What kind of a man are you? And you're and if you're if you watch something like Last Jedi and you're like, oh, I'm just I'm just offended that Leia is a general and she commands this you know this military and then like the second can command basically that takes over for Leia is another woman and then you know Finn leaves on a mission with a woman because Finn and Rose have to work together. If you watch that movie and you think, well. There's too many women of power in this movie. Don't fucking watch Star Wars anymore. Because you know what? Princess Leia was the original badass in Star Wars. And there was a reason why I think Lucas didn't want to have a lot of women around back in those days. was because who could be more badass than Leia? 
Nobody. I mean, during that rescue mission, she ends up killing, I think, more stormtroopers than both Han and Luke do. She's a better shot than both. She's a better shot than both of them, and she's a fucking princess. You know, and Han is basically a scumbag. He's a pirate that deals in drugs and does, like, criminal activity. And Luke was a farm boy. The only thing he's ever shot has been animals on his uncle's farm. Yeah. And apparently, they both tried to join the Empire. Right, yeah. I think people forget that. But to watch this movie and to think that, oh, well, Alabama's clearly the damsel in distress and Clarence has to do the, the knightly, the chivalry thing and he has to come back and rescue his woman. That's the thing is that no, at no point in this relationship do you think that the only reason that Alabama is with Clarence is because she needs protection. Alabama clearly is able to defend herself and against the mafia guy who's killed many people. I mean, he even has a monologue about how, you know, the first time you kill him, it does something to you. And then the second time, it's, it still affects you, but it's not as much. And then as you kill, and the more people you kill, the easier it becomes. So he's a professional, like, he's a hit guy for Vincent Cacati, which is Christopher Walken's character, right? So he's a professional hitman. When the mafia has shit, they need to get handled, like Clarence in Alabama, for one. Go get, take them out and get the cocaine. That's his only thing that he's sent to do. And she kills a mafia hit guy with nothing but a corkscrew, uh, a, a, a bottle of hairspray, the lid to the back of the toilet. You know, like she uses basically what's at her disposal. At, at her disposal, finally gets the gun. And fucking kills this guy. And at the end of that, if you think, well, that's not realistic because Clarence should have been there to help her, then go fuck yourself. Yeah, and I 100% agree with that. So, um, speaking of James Gandolfini, <laughs> um, he's awesome as Virgil. Like, I know we, we're rooting for Alabama, but he does so good as Virgil in this movie. Everybody's great in this movie. You don't have to root for a winner or a loser. You just have to root for this movie to be good. Right. And uh, I'm going to play a clip in just a second to show you one of my favorite interactions uh, of the show. Uh, of, the, of the movie. You have my day. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe you can help me. I'm looking for a friend of mine. Clarence Worley from Detroit. He's traveling with a real pretty girl named Alabama. Oh, yeah, man, I know her. They've been by here. You seen them? Mm-hmm. They staying here? No, they're staying at the Safari Motor Motel Inn. Safari Motel. Yeah? Yeah. Safari Safari Motel. Safari Motel. Uh-huh. Hey, you want to watch some TV or something? They might be back here. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right, you take care. I might be back. Yeah. Okay, be cool. You condescend me, man. I'm fucking kill you, man. Floyd, you sure that's uh, how you get to the Beverly Ambassador? Yeah, I man, I'm, I'm positive. The old Clarence. Just tell your 
we get lost, that's your ass. Hey, Floyd, why don't you get out of my beer, right, and get a fucking job? Yeah, Drexel <laughs> against Floyd would have been great to see the Jamaican, you know, pimp guy versus Brad Pitt as the stoner the on the stoner, couch. The stoner, basically, yeah. <laughs> and one of my favorite parts of the, the, the whole thing is, like, condescend me, man. I'll Fucking kill you, me, man. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. The character itself was Brad Pitt's idea. He, yeah. He, it was all his idea. That definitely seems like a Brad Pitt type of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, it's awesome. It's great to see all this talent. You, you're putting all this talent as, you know, on display in this movie. Like, look, this is some of the best talent you have to offer. Johnny Depp would have been in this movie. I mean, my head would have exploded. Yeah. But <laughs> considering that, let's look at the next little comment it has in here. From old serial killer. Yeah, this is his last few comments. I was going to give this movie a one, but then I remembered Brad Pitt's cameo and decided to give it a two out of respect for that actor and the only role in this movie that was believable. I lost a lot of respect for Gary Oldman, Dennis Hopper, and Christopher Walken. What? (laughs) This guy should be banned from the internet. Okay, so his last comment that he makes here, it says... There's a little asterisk, and it says, After reading the reviews to this film by users of IMDb.com, I realize that nobody has seen any good movies. If I hear one more comment about the scene between Walken and Hopper, I will buy the rice of this movie and burn every copy of it. Oh, this guy can buy the rice of this movie? (laughs) Yep. Do yourselves a favor. Rent a lot more Howard Hawk, John Ford, Sam Peckinpah, Martin Scorsese, and Sean Penn. Well, they, he just nailed it there. This dude's 80. Right. They make great films. Tony Scott doesn't. Tarantino is not as original as you all think. I almost want to say I am uh, not a Tarantino fan strictly on the basis of a simple-minded 90% of his viewers are. I would say, tell Ooh. me who is more original than Quentin Tarantino. I mean... I don't, I don't know. As far as directors and writing-wise... Who doesn't... Who doesn't remake everything or take something that's already a book or a comic book to direct it? Or a novel. Or a novel. Well, yeah, you said book, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jackie Brown was Rum Punch. Um, But he did that as an homage. He did it as an homage, but also he used only the characters from Rum Punch. The the story is actually completely different from Jackie Brown. He, he wrote a totally different story. Actually, the story that you see in Jackie Brown's kind of events after Rum Punch. So he kind of wrote a sequel to Rum Punch, the book. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's really just more of 
a of a tribute to Elmore Leonard, really. Yeah, I mean Elmore Leonard's one of the. the he he's great. I mean, a lot of the other movies that was made about his characters weren't so good, but that's just because, you know, you didn't have Tarantino. Uh, yeah. But that's crazy too. I didn't realize that book was released in '92. Yes. That was actually pretty crazy. I didn't realize it was that recent. I thought it was a much older book. But, you know, hey, we're educational on this show, right? Um, we even learn. So, yeah, we, we learn a lot of shit when we're doing this. I also learned that there's a lot of hate in people's hearts. Um, there is. We're trying to relieve that. So the the next user, and this comment's actually fairly small, but it's made by uh, Borsk Cream. And... <laughs> I don't know what the hell Borscht Cream is, but anyway, this is from July of 2002. Sounds like a VD in Russia. <laughs> so, comrade, what did you get from that from that beach the other night? Oh, I got Borscht Cream. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's oh. horrible. <laughs> All right, I got Borscht, and it's like, oh, I got a cream for that. You need to put that shit on your, <laughs> on, your on on your Borscht, <laughs> so it doesn't Borscht your Borscht. Um, yeah, those are all real words. Right, yeah. We know how to speak Russian. Right. Yeah, we, we know that it's actually borscht. <laughs> I know what that is, okay? Not really. I know what the word is. <laughs> we know of the word. We know of the word in which you speak. <laughs> we don't speak Russian. We don't. Besides, if we did, John Wick would just kill us because yeah, he just kills yeah. every Russian. He kills all of Russia. He's going to take down Russia himself. Yeah. John Wick versus Ivan Drago. Anyway, yeah, there you go. There's a movie. See, we're just Hollywood. You, you know, if you guys end up using any of this, we want 10%. Fuck that. We want 20. We want 20, and that is final, but we would take 10. Right, yeah. <laughs> we would take 10. We need, we need a new studio. We're, we're basically doing this in a shed. In a shed. <laughs> this shed was not purpose-built for podcasting. It was actually built for dogs. But anyway. Yes, my dogs. I have a dog bed right behind my chair. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually where Steven sleeps, by the way. Yes. Well, it when he's is, pissed off the wife, anyway. And it is not comfortable. No. <laughs> but alcohol. Why do dogs it. sleep in that shit? Oh, probably because they have to. <laughs> anyway. They don't sleep on that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, they go outside and sleep on the ground like dignified animals. Um <laughs> But uh, it says, uh, some good performances, but overall, overrated and boring. And so his, com his comment says, I do not see why this film is so popular. It's kind of disappointing that many people believe this movie is comparable to Reservoir Dogs or Pulp Fiction. The cast is admirable. The acting is good. However, the story itself had no appeal to me. At least, it was at least as it was portrayed by Tony Scott. Christian Slater plays a silly, unbelievable character with a cocky smile on his face throughout the movie. However, good one-scene performances come from Gary Oldman and Dennis Hopper. I was going to say, you know that cocky smirk that Christian Slater has in this movie? You know where else he has that? Every movie. It's Christian Slater. That's just kind of his face. That's how Christian Slater acts, he man. He looks like a... You ever watch the show Archer? He's an actual character in a fucking fictional uh, cartoon about a spy. Right. His name in the show is Christian Slater. Yeah, he's basically just playing himself. Yeah. As a CIA agent. What the fuck? <laughs> That's awesome. 
It'll never be famous enough for uh, a fucking successful cartoon to just make you who you actually are and then put you in a show. Yeah. (laughs) But the other thing, too, is that Clarence, uh, as it kind of goes throughout the movie, like, that's just kind of how his character is to a degree. And the thing that makes him, I think, feel more emboldened is that his kind of perception in life, you know, people have the bracelets that say, what would Jesus do? And they're like, they, they try to be more Christ-like. Like, what would Jesus do in this situation? Clarence basically thinks, what would Elvis do? What would Elvis do? <laughs> because I Put think... Put the back of his head. <laughs> you think anybody gives a shit about a pimp? You know? Uh, but that's the thing is that, like, you know, most people, they would, like, before a situation like that where it's like, I might have to kill this motherfucker. Can I go through with it? And they would, like, start praying, right? Well, his version of praying is basically talking to Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, but that's the thing. Like, I can totally imagine Tarantino doing that before he goes to do something that he's not totally comfortable with. And it's like, okay, King, what, what, what should I do? And it should be like, you should go out there and kick ass, baby. It's like, you know what, King? You're fucking right. I should go out there and kick ass. Fuck what these haters say. You know, like, I'm Clarence. Direct the shit out of this movie. I'm gonna direct the shit out of this movie. <laughs> I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna fucking make my kung fu movie. I'm gonna have Uma Thurman as the lead actress. I'm gonna see the but, shit out of her feet, the sexy ass feet. Yeah, that's another thing too. Tarantino has a weird <laughs> obsession with feet. He's kind of, <laughs> kind of like how Rex Ryan is in the in the football world, <laughs> where he's like obsessed with his wife's feet. Tarantino is basically like, I bet if you looked at Tarantino's browser history, it's like foot fetish videos. On like you know on like Red Tube or like some kind of a porn site, he just went to all the foot videos, and it's like, dude, how do you get off to that? And Tarantino's like, you know what? A lot of people they get like one of those like flesh lights or something like that. I just get mannequin feet and I jerk off. <laughs> and, and I mean, whatever. At least he isn't Harvey Weinstein in it. Yeah, at least he's at least he's only having sex with mannequin feet. We're not saying that Tarantino actually does that, but if that came out as a story, I would totally believe that. I'd be like, so? I'd be like, look, a lot of us have probably fucked weird mannequin body parts. (laughs) No. I don't think this is true. This podcast is taking a turn. It's taking a turn. You see what you did to us, Tarantino? You've been fucking us up for years. Now I think the fucking mannequin feet is normal. It's your fault, Tarantino. It's your fault. It's all your fault. It's all the media's fault. Yes. Um, Fake news. Right. Uh, but, like, this this guy right here, and I probably won't have to go through all this because it's got a lot of the same stuff in here we've already went over. But this one right here, uh, it's uh, and I, I saved this comment specifically to piss Steve off, mm. right? So this, uh, this is a Zoso Jr., and they uh, made this in January of 2005. And he gave the movie a 5 out of 10, so he kind of gave it like sort of an average score. But he says, overrated like Tarantino. <laughs> and then it says, don't kill me yet, let me speak. Although Tarantino is, <laughs> is good, he is definitely nowhere near greatness yet. Now this is 2005. Kill Bill was his best film, which I would give a 9 out of a 10. Reservoir Dogs was good, but far from great. A 6 out of 10. Jackie (laughs) Brown was bad. And finally, Pulp Fiction, one of the most overrated films ever, alongside 2001 and Seven Samurai, 
both of which sucked terribly. Pulp Fiction wasn't bad. It just wasn't very good. Just because the story was chopped up and doesn't it doesn't make it a good one. It was uninteresting and had zero action. Also, the rape scene and dialogue were pointless. All they said was the F word and the rape scene was just wrong. If it had more action, had a better story with better dialogue, it would be much better. I would give Pulp a uh, 4 out of 10. So as you can see, Tarantino is good, but he needs to do a lot more to become great. This dude, is just, so, he's just a troll. So he spends the first half of his, uh, his entire comment here shitting on Stanley Kubrick, Akira Kurosawa, which is considered one of the greatest directors of all time, especially in Asian or Japanese cinema, because Kurosawa, you know, influenced people like George Lucas. <laughs> and so he, he said he'd give Kill Bill, which I love, 9 out of 10. He would give Kill Bill a 9 out of 10, but and Jackie, I love that movie. But Jackie Brown was horrible. He'd yeah. give Reservoir Dogs a 6 out of 10. And he'd give Pulp Fiction a 4 out of 10? Yep. Uh, so he just said Jackie Brown was horrible. So I'm guessing that's saying Jackie Brown was a 0. Jackie Brown is one of the best. I mean, Michael Keaton is in this fucking movie. Right. In my opinion, you can't give a 0 or a 1 or a 2 star to basically any Michael Keaton movie. No. Pam Greer is in this movie. Yeah, that's and uh, that's one of the reasons I like Jackie Brown. I think as much as I do, is not only does it have Michael Keaton in it, and it's got Samuel L. Jackson as the uh, the gun dealer, and Robert De Niro, and it's got De Niro in it, you know, and it's got like all these like really good actors, and then you throw Pam Greer into it, who is basically the the queen of black exploitation films like Coffee. The Big Bird's Nest, like all this Foxy Brown, like all of those are just like classics, you know. And to have her in a movie that's basically a throwback to old black exploitation movies, like Coffee and stuff like that, it's so much. It, 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 I think people probably when they looked at that movie, they didn't know what to make of it. But if you if you watch that movie and you understand what he's doing. He's trying to make a black exploitation film because Quentin loved those movies. That's why he references black exploitation movies in tons of stuff, like The Mac. The Mac. The Mac is referenced in True Romance, and that's a black exploitation era movie. That's a '70s era movie, you know, or was it '80s? It was like early '80s. The Mac, or was it in the '70s? It might have been '70s. I think it I is '70s. Say '70s. Um, I forgot to look it up ahead of time, but it's from that era. It's that type of movie, because Tarantino. If we've and learned, if you want to correct us, email us at gofuckyourself <laughs> at gofuckyourself.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, but seriously, you can email us other things that are not stupid like that at beyondthehateofyahoo.com. Right. Other than that, go fuck yourself. Right. Yeah. But that's the thing is that Quentin's influences come from a lot of places because, you know, he loves kung fu movies. You know, he, he loves uh, things like black exploitation movies like Coffee and Foxy Brown and stuff like that. You know, like the original Shaft movie. I mean, because he even like basically made it to where Shaft's, like what uh, granddad was uh, Django. Yeah, Django. Because... He confirmed that. Yeah, he basically said like, yeah, basically the Shaft universe ties in with Django Unchained. 
because I designed him to basically be the the character that you know is like the ancestor of Richard Roundtree's character in Shaft. Yeah, that's why he had to the, have the glasses and Django and Chain and stuff. Yeah, even though the, those didn't exist yet. Right, <laughs> but who cares? It's it's a fucking movie. Yeah, but in Inglorious Bastards, they kill Hitler, and that obviously didn't happen because Hitler killed himself. Yeah, but, but wouldn't it have been great if a bunch of Jews would have machine gunned his head until it didn't exist anymore? So, you know, I'd like to see somebody bitch about that. Right, yeah. Oh, man, that's not how Hitler died. Who gives a shit? He, you know, he doesn't need to be glorified through history. He needs to be drugged through it. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and the other thing, I think, when you, when you look at Tarantino's movies, what's the thing that usually people say they don't like about it, right? It's the violence. They always say that, oh, the, the violence is crazy. Well, if you don't want to see violence, don't watch a Quentin Tarantino movie. Actually, if you if you don't want to see violence, don't watch an action movie. Right, because you're going to see that with an action movie. That's what it is. It's violence. Yeah. Warning shot. You should just have Dolph do that at the beginning of every uh, action movie, just so you know, oh, wait, I don't want to see violence. I better walk out of this. Right. I think that also just stems from Steven's love of Dolph Lundgren. I fucking love Dolph Lundgren! <laughs> you know, I can imagine if Steve was writing a movie like this. You know how Clarence is obsessed with Elvis? With Steve, that would be that would be Dolph Lundgren. He would just be talking to the blonde at the bar, and it would be like, you know what, Dolph Lundgren's a sexy fucking Swedish man. You know, like, you'd, you'd fuck him, wouldn't you? And then the girl's like, she's like, I'd fuck Dolph Lundgren. You're like, yeah, see, we have something in common. We'd both fuck Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a good scene. You could substitute with that. That was anything. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Put Johnny Depp in that. <laughs> Idris Elba. You Idris could, Elba. Sexy beast. <laughs> yeah, Denzel. Uh, you could put Ryan Reynolds in there. Ryan I mean, Reynolds, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there's so many actors you could put in that. Like, that would be a fun experiment. Is this to somebody, like, make a video of, like, replacing Elvis in that with, like, any other actor. Yeah. Just to see how funny it can get. Yeah, like, like what what would be, like, the stopping point? Ron Howard. And, and, and you can't... <laughs> Clint Howard. Clint Howard. Yeah, there we go. Clint Howard. <laughs> Because Ron Howard, at least, if he's done nothing else besides make great films, he gave us one smoking hot daughter. Yeah. And the thing would be, like, you would, you would, you because know, you're being Clarence, so you have to name a dude. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not gay, but if I had to, I mean, if I absolutely had to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that little line, a lot of people are uncomfortable with that because they're not comfortable with their sexuality. Right, they yeah. They actually think they have to do it. It's fictional. And that's the thing, like... It's something you make up in your head. I mean, that's why we mess around with that all that the time. We always fuck around with that because we always say that somebody's a beautiful man, right? Like, because we've said that about people before, you know? And that's the thing, like, we're not gay. Even if we were, what would it fucking matter? Yeah. Be I mean, pe people are beautiful. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I, for anybody who... It's like, oh man, you guys always make these references to like dudes being beautiful. You guys must be gay. It's like we're definitely not gay, no, but my obsession with Emma Stone will tell you that I'm not gay. Yeah, and for me, it would be Zoe Saldana. By the way, Zoe, if you want to send us an email, please go ahead. <laughs> and if you know Emma, you might know Emma. Tell her to you know email us too. 
<laughs> wouldn't that make wouldn't that make your fucking head explode if you opened up the e- the Yahoo email and it uh, was like, hey, this is Emma Stone. Uh, I heard your podcast, and I would like I would seriously love to do uh, one of the like you know, do a movie with you guys. Steven's fucking head would explode. I probably wouldn't believe it. I'd be like, this is spam. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, this is this is like totally a joke. Somebody's fucking with us. <laughs> but uh, but just straight up, I'd win an Oscar for. I would fucking act my ass off. <laughs> right. But yeah. Especially I would, I would I would give it like you know the Channing Tatum level acting. I, you know, I would be at least 400% better than that. Right. Which means I could complete a line without saying uh. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that like uh let's see. I'm pretty sure that like Jonah Hill's left testicle has more acting talent. Then, then, Jonah Hill's left testicle has won an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> yes. Best supporting ball. <laughs> the left ball Jonah from Jonah Hill. Hill. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but the, this quote here is about Tarantino and the, the violence that he put in this movie. Um, so this is uh, Gust- Gustav Lem. Gustav Lim? I guess that's what it is. Gustav Lim. Yeah. Um, And they uh, put this... Rusev, Masha! (laughs) Rusev, crush! Um, (laughs) God, of all the wrestling references we could have went with, we had to go with Rusev. Um, Because apparently you have to change managers and you go from... The smoking hot Lana to some weird Aiden English guy that's like a pasty dude who loves Shakespeare. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, if if I'm Rusev, I'm like Lana's or Lana's my manager from now on forever. Because <laughs> he's actually married to her in real life. No, you can't do that. Well, I quit. Yeah, I, I just I'm gonna stop because you can't. Ring of honor. You can't put me with Aiden because that's retarded. But anyway, since we're not talking about wrestling, this isn't the wrestling podcast. Yeah, this isn't about WWE. Oh, never mind. Um, get the f out. Get the f out. <laughs> uh, yeah, more like get the bad booking out. Anyway, um, <laughs> book Finn Balor like he's a fucking champion, you assholes. Bring Tyler Black back. Yeah. Fuck Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a loser. Tyler Black was the shit. <laughs> and also, get Daniel Bryan back in the ring. We know he ain't really hurt. Anyway, um, but this says a, a bad movie with excessive violence. And so it says, all the teenagers that collect guns are going to like this movie, but for me, was pretty bad. Uh, well, it's really kind of worded badly. For me, is pretty bad. But for me, was pretty bad. Uh, boring and too violent. Blood everywhere. I didn't enjoy at all this movie. I don't understand what's the big deal. Also, I did. This is all like basically with no commas. This is a run on set. Right. I also <laughs> didn't like any of the characters. Uh, Quarantino. <laughs> it literally says that. It says Quarantino. <laughs> so you know, you know the famous uh, director uh, Trenton Quarantino. <laughs> Steve's face. You guys can't see this, but his fucking face is like cherry red right now. <laughs> this is how bad his I was English is. Take a spit take there. Don't spit all over equipment. our equipment, Steve. Don't do it. Uh, this cost us all the forty dollars to buy all this shit. <laughs> no, it's a little bit more than that. 
Um, but uh, Trenton Quarantino is not the best writer and likes blood too much. Is not a movie for everybody. I should add that has that has too many bullets and could have been done much better with less blood and violence. But is Quarantino? This also did gives, an eight year old write <laughs> Uh, this could have been done, uh, let's see, but, but it's Quarantino. This also give me an excuse to look for better movies and choose more carefully. My advice, skip this movie and look for something better is a waste of time. Shouldn't have skipped English class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have skipped English because that's going to help you later on Watch in life. Watch less movies, do a little bit more homework. Right. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> Don't be a retard. Don't be a retard. You're going to listen to someone who's that deep Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm calling Eminem up. You just, Eminem up you just had to invoke the name of Eminem, didn't you? <laughs> yep. He just he just summoned the spirit of, of Slim Shady. Um, Sorry, I'm from I'm, I'm from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Now, basically, Eminem was, you know, it's like when people always say, like, oh, man, I was in high school when, like, Dr. Dre's Chronic came out. And, it like, and like Snoop Dogg started then. And, like, it was, like, world-changing for us. That was Eminem because Eminem came out right when we started high school. Right. And it was like M for – and this actually kind of ties in with this movie because this movie takes place in Detroit originally. Um, so we're going to weirdly retroactively add Eminem into this story. Yeah, we're adding everybody that we love in this story. But this is February. So this is the month of love. Right. And Black History Month. Yes, but uh, I think that I think we went over probably all the things that people said they didn't like about this movie because I, I, I cut out a bunch of things because some people have a tendency to repeat and I think what happens is because I'll start scrolling through comments and I'll see really good things like I'll see like 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10, this movie's an epic, this movie's a masterpiece, buy this shit. Like, all these different things that people say, like, these movies are great. Then you find a patch where there's, like, 1 out of 10, 1 out of 10, 2 out of 10, 3 out of 10, 1 out of 10. And it's, like, a long list. And what I'm thinking is, is that people, they get lazy, right? Because people don't want to, they don't want to make up their own mind on things. And this happens with a lot of things. This happens with with politics. This happens with your choice of sex partner. Like, all kinds of different things. We always want to take the easy path because we don't want to put brain power into making up our own mind. So I think what happens is people get on IMDb and they look at something like True Romance and they're like, it's got too much blood in it. The acting is boring. They didn't use the characters right. Like all these different things they went through. It's too much violence. Clarence isn't believable. Alabama isn't believable. All these different things. Then they're like, well, I'm going to give it a shot just to see how bad it is. And then they go on there and they write almost exactly the same shit because they're like, well, I totally agree with this person. I'm going to write, you know, basically what they did, but I'm going to flush it out a bit more. Because there's so many times I go through here and I'll see comments that repeat on like different things and even in different years. It won't even be the same year and I'll see people say exactly the same comment we multiple call these times. People copy and paste commenters. Yeah. It's they like don't, they don't think for themselves. They just copy, paste. Yep. Copy, paste. Uh, don't be that. It's called plagiarism. Yeah, plagiarism. That guy can sue you. No, they can't. 
This is IMDb, man. This is like the Wild West. There's no laws here. So, this is pretty much uh, the end of the segment. There's going to be a clip that's played, and then we're going to come back for a second at the end of it, if you guys want to make it that far. You don't have to listen to the end if you don't <laughs> This um, is a true loyalty test. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to listen to the end, uh, but there's going to be uh, the best monologue probably in history that's about to be played right here, right now. So we saved this for the end In the, the history episode. of forever. Yeah, we saved this for the, the end of the episode, so you don't hear any offensive, offensive language. Thank you for listening and, um, you know, all that. Peace out. Peace out. Okay, so here it goes. Frankie, tell Luca to go outside and do you know what? Vai fuori, tu sai che da fare. Sì, flo. Molto Do you know who I am, Mr. Wally? I give up. Who are you? The Antichrist. You got me in a vendetta kind of mood. You tell the angels in heaven you never seen evil so singularly personified as you did in the face of the man who killed you. My name is Vincent Cocotti. I work as counsel for Mr. Blue Lou Boyle, the man your son stole from. I hear you were once a cop, so I can assume you've heard of us before. Am I correct? I've heard of Blue Lou Boyle. I'm glad. Hopefully, that will clear up the handful of shit on my question you've been asking yourself. We're gonna have a little Q&A, and at the risk of sounding redundant, please, make your answers genuine. You want a Chesterfield? No. I have a son, my own, about your boy's age. I can imagine how painful this must be for you, but Clarence, an habitual girlfriend of his, brought this all on themselves. I implore you not to go down that road with them. You can always take comfort in the fact you never had a choice. Look, I'd like to help you if I could, but I haven't seen Clarence. You see that? I'm smart, doesn't it? You're slammed in the nose. Fucks you all up. Get that pain shooting through your brain, your eyes fill up with water. That ain't any kind of fun. But what I have to offer you, that's as good as it's gonna get. And it won't ever get that good again. We talked to your neighbors. They saw a Cadillac. Purple Cadillac. Clarence's purple Cadillac parked in front of your trailer yesterday. Mr. Wally, you seen your son? I seen him. I can't be sure of how much of what he told you, so in the chance you're in the dark about some of this, let me shed some light. That whore your boy hangs around with, a pimp, is an associate of mine. I mean, just pimping and other affairs. He works for me in a courier capacity. Well, apparently. A dirty little whore found out when we're going to do some business. Because your son, the cowboy, this flame, came in the room blazing and didn't stop till they were pretty sure everybody was dead. What are you talking about? Talking about a massacre. They snatched my narcotics. Hightailed it out of there. Would have got away with it, but your son, 
fuckhead that he is left his driver's license in a dead guy's hand. <laughs> you know, I don't believe you. It's of minor importance. What is of major fucking importance is that I believe you. Where did they go? On their honeymoon. asking the same question a second time where did they go they didn't tell me now you just wait a minute and listen to me i haven't seen clarence in three years he shows up yesterday with a young girl saying that he got married he asked uh, for uh some quick uh, cash to go on a honeymoon he asked me if uh, he could borrow five hundred dollars I felt like helping him, so I wrote him out a check. We went to breakfast in the morning, and that's the last I saw of him. So help me God. They never thought to tell me where they were going, and I never thought to ask. champion of Sicilian liars. From growing up with him, I learned the pantomime. There are 17 different things a guy can do when he lies to give himself away. Guy's got 17 pantomimes. Woman's got 20. Guy's got 17. But if you know them, like you know your own face, they'd be lie detectors all to hell. Now, what we got here is a little game of show and tell. You don't want to show me nothing, but you tell me everything. I know you know where they are, so tell me. Before I do some damage, you won't walk away from Could I uh, <clears throat> have one of those Chesterfields now? Sure. You got a match? No, 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 I don't bother. Sicilian, huh? It's 
Sicilians have uh, black blood up into their hearts. And, and no, if you, if, you, if you don't believe me, uh, you can look it up. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, uh, you see, um, the Moors conquered Sicily. And the Moors are niggers. See, see, way back then, uh, Sicilians were like uh, wops from northern Italy. Uh, they all had blonde hair and blue eyes. But, uh, well, then the Moors moved in there and, uh, well, they changed the whole country. They did so much fucking with Sicilian women, huh, that they changed the whole bloodline forever. That's why blonde hair and blue eyes became black hair and dark skin. You know, it's absolutely amazing to me to think that to this day, hundreds of years later, that uh, that Sicilians still carry that nigger gene. Now this, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm quoting history. It's written. It's a fact. It's written. I love this guy. No, guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Your ancestors are niggers. Uh -huh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. And, and your great, 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 great grandmother fucked a nigger. Oh, yeah. And she had a half nigger kid. Now, if that's a fact, tell me, am I lying? You, you're part eggplant. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! <laughs> you're a cantaloupe. That's one of the things, too, that's great about Tarantino's writing is that he could write that entire sequence between these two characters. And the only thing that they have to, that they improved just by adding it on was the eggplant cantaloupe thing. Yeah. And the rest of it was all Tarantino's genius. Well, you knew that scene was probably uncomfortable because of the racism at the end of it. Yeah. Um, so I think Dennis Hopper probably added that to... to Break things up because like, it gets it a little, it gets, it gets a, little a little tense, tense and uncomfortable, and then he he breaks it up, and you're like, I think the director is probably like, let, let's see what happens. Here. Just let it go, and then that happened, and they're like, yeah, this is yeah, cut, done. Because not too long after that, Vincent shoots him. <laughs> I mean, literally right after that, he laughs for a second, tells the dude to hand him the gun and shoots him in the head. Yep. So something that we wanted to do just real quick here 
is what if this movie was made today? <laughs> um, remade, rebooted, whatever you wanted to say. Maybe even a TV show. Mm. Um, so, going down the list, uh, who do you think could play Clarence? Uh, Christian Slater's character, Clarence. Um, you'd have to find somebody who kind of had that sort of charm. Like I would think somebody that would be that would look young enough to do it would probably be Logan Lerman. Oh, Logan Lerman would be a really great idea. Yeah. Because one of one of my ideas was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's, but I, I I think Logan Lerman's probably a better idea. That's actually really good. That's yeah. a really good idea. Um, Alabama. Uh. <laughs> I, I think I think uh, I'd go with Emma Stone just straight up, just because I'd want to see what she could do with Alabama. Because I do think Patricia Arquette's perfect for that, but it'd be interesting. It'd also be interesting Emma Stone and Logan Lerman. What about, uh, and just off the top of my head, what about somebody like Amanda Seyfried? That would definitely be interesting. If she could pull the accent off. She would definitely have the right amount of crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Because Alabama's a little crazy, but she's a lovable kind of crazy, not like that bitch keyed my car crazy, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so okay, Let's, assuming Logan Lerman is Clarence, who would play Mr. Worley as that? Um, let's see. Uh, you'd need somebody, but yeah, try to top Dennis Hopper is, is going to be difficult, or even to try and match Dennis Hopper. What about Jeff Goldblum? Goldblum? That could probably make sense. Goldblum wouldn't do the racist part of that. <laughs> I yeah, don't think he would use the N-word. He's too Jewish for that. Yeah, well, um, well you know, Logan Lerman's Jewish, so that's why I was trying to think of someone like that. Yeah, actually, that would kind of make sense. Or, you know, Dustin Hoffman, maybe. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman would be pretty cool. Um, uh, Kakati, which was Walken's character. Vincent. Um, uh, I mean, maybe Andy Garcia. That would be a good idea. Yeah, Garcia. That'd be an awesome scene with Garcia sitting down. Yeah, and he would definitely have the Italian sort of thing down. Yeah, he would kind have to keep it, you know, uh, within the greatness of the Italians. Yeah, because Garcia is a damn good actor. Okay, uh, Lee Donowitz. Um. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is Lee Curly-haired Jewish guy. Okay, Lee Donowitz will be Donnie Donowitz's son. Or he could also be Chris Penn's character. He could really be either one. Right. (laughs) I had a different idea for Nikki Dimes and Cody Nicholson. Like, not necessarily people that like them, but people that you'd want to see, like, teamed up as two cops. Not necessarily, but let's get a guy that looks like Chris Penn and a guy that looks like Tom Sizemore. Right. My thought for those two characters was like Michael B. Jordan and Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. Because <laughs> uh, you could you could imagine uh, Wahlberg being like, "I fucking love this guy." Yeah. <laughs> you know when they're listening to the shit on the wire. Yeah. <laughs> well, by that. that token, then who would be um, Elliot, the the actor guy that's in um, Charlie Sheen? In Char- oh shit. <laughs> 
He loves to do a lot of cocaine. He has that blonde in the car with him. He's oh, very, that would make so much very sense. Very nervous and, and eccentric. Charlie Sheen would nail that shit. Yeah, he would. That'd be. But that's the thing. That's like Bronson Pinchot in as that character. He, like, he's in that movie because it, it makes sense for that character. You, Charlie would have to basically try to not take over the entire movie when he shows up because yeah, of, he would. He would he because, just be like, oh, I want this movie to be about Charlie Sheen can so we just, bad now. It's like Clarence in Alabama, you guys have a really interesting story, but I want to see what the fuck Elliot's going to get up to now. That would be the only problem is he would possibly overshadow <laughs> Alabama and Clarence. And I think Michael Rappaport's character, Dick Ritchie. Yeah, uh, Dick I was, Ritchie. I was thinking Donald Glover. Donald Glover? Yes. That would be interesting. Yeah, uh, it takes place in the 80s. Very nervous about getting roles. Donald Glover's amazing actor. Kind of a young guy. Could be friends with Logan Lerman. Um, now, you could make that make sense, yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, Drexy. Um, Gary Oldman. Still. Did you say Drexy? As in Drexel, sec- my bad. As in sexy Drexy? Sexy Drexy, <laughs> yeah. baby. Sexy Drexy. Steve seriously fucked that up, but the, actually I think I like that better. Drexy. Yeah, yeah Drexy. You, you know because you know it also are, works Drexy. on another level because it also means that he's dreadlock sexy. He is dreadlock sexy. We just made another Yes. Level. We're on a fucking roll. roll. <laughs> <laughs> Butter our ass up because we're on a roll. <laughs> we're on a roll. <laughs> Okay, and... Um, you guys can keep that one. That one's free. Because <laughs> that's about all it's worth. Uh, Elvis's uh, character in the background, I think, should be Nick Cage. Okay, yeah. Because we all know that Nick Cage Why is Why don't a- you put two in his fucking head? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage is a huge Elvis fan. He is, and that would just be an honor to him. And backup plan for Clarence in Alabama. Colin Hanks in Honor Affairs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. <laughs> that was just my backup thing I had on my list. <laughs> good old Colin Hanks. But it's it's really, it's such a good movie. You guys really need to give it a chance. True romance. Yeah, chance, <laughs> chance for true romance. Right. Um, Especially if you wanted to watch something like a, a Romeo and Juliet, but with cocaine and guns. <laughs> yes. And that's um, that's been our show, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.